Joel Radio. Hey, what's going on? It's Joel Fragamani back with you. Ready to make some podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Going to follow up last week's show. What we talked about last week. We're going to start with that because that was great. More asshole side. Rush Limbaugh. We'll talk about him briefly. Rush Limbaugh dead. Thank goodness. Tons of movies and TV stuff. Layla will be joining us. We'll ask her about her shot, too. We'll ask her about the uh, the COVID vaccine. I don't think we've spoken since her second shot, and we'll see how she's doing. I mean, I know how she's doing. I mean, I live with the woman, <laughs> but you don't know. But we'll let you know how she's doing. We'll lay low on the vaccine stuff. I think everybody's, you know, doing the best job that they can. I don't want to uh, editorialize too much. I've spent much of... Uh, the last several shows talking about COVID vaccinations, my own experience and all that stuff. And uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. So that's a good thing. But let's follow up with uh, what's going on from last week's show. You know, we talked about the death of Larry King and how much a creep Larry King was and how he was bad on the radio and bad on television. And what an asshole he real seemed like in real life. Now, it turns out, comes out this week, his wife. Now, granted, they were, he was divorcing this wife, Sean King. Sean Southwick, I think, was her maiden name. Well, it turns out, in October of 2019, Larry wrote a will, a handwritten will. And uh, I'm going to link to this article on JoelRadio.net. Where he says, and it's funny, you'll have to read this, I think. If you look at the handwritten will, which is, uh, you know, an image in this article, I, you swear to God this was written by like a fourth grader. And there's there's stuff scratched out. But basically, he's giving 100% of his estate to his children. Equally split amongst my children now. I believe a couple of the children have died since then. Um, so that's complicated, but uh, the Sean King completely blindsided by Larry's will and she's contesting the will. And honestly, if it looked like this, I'd probably contest it too. <laughs> you got to see this will. <laughs> this looks like something you would write like, like on the back of, uh, like, like if you, if you flipped over, like, uh, you know, like, like a placeholder at a restaurant, what's that called? The placemat. That's what it looks like it's written on. It's unbelievable. But he's got some witnesses that signed it. And yeah, Larry says that is my will and testament. It replaced all previous writings. But again, you got to see this. And even he he scratched out at one point. It says, uh, I after the above date, I want... 100% of my funds to be divided amongst my children. But the hundred, there was something scratched out, like 20% or uh, I don't know what was scratched out. It's really weird. <laughs> so I don't know if I should love this or hate this. How do I feel on this? How do you feel on this? I mean, in a way, look, I don't like Larry, and Larry's a skunk, and Larry's a jerk, and I've 
given my evidence here on the last show, and now we have this, and, you know, I mean, is it, uh, am I glad the wife is getting cut out, or am I, I don't know what to feel. The gold-digging wife cut out of the will. I kind of like that narrative. That means I got to give Larry credit, and Larry's an asshole, so Larry was an asshole. So I don't know what to think, but I'll have this uh, this article linked up on uh, JoelRadio.net. It's on uh, it's from the L.A. Times, but it's on Yahoo, and uh, you can see Larry's wife is choking him on on the uh, picture too. Yeah, they're so funny. She chokes him, choking an eighty five year old guy. It's hilarious. <laughs> Granted, is that a picture that maybe me and Layla would take? Sure. But, you know, knowing what you know now, <laughs> it says this picture was taken in 2015 of Sean choking Larry. She's got him in a, you would call it a rear naked choke. She doesn't, she's got one arm, though. Larry should be able to break that, but he's very feeble. <laughs> what a piece of shit. A piece of shit even in death, Larry King. <laughs> My goodness. And uh, speaking of pieces of shit, Rush Limbaugh died. Another giant titan of broadcasting, dead. Had cancer, apparently. I think he would have a brain tumor. Maybe I should Google this. Give me one second to Google what killed Rush Limbaugh. Oh, I'm getting the... Rush Limbaugh is really Jim Morrison conspiracy theory, which is idiotic, but you can actually look that up. Was Rush Limbaugh actually Jim Morrison? It's so stupid. Uh, what did he die from? God, his Wikipedia is so long because they have all of his health problems and death. Okay, so we know he was deaf. I'm going to get to that. Oh, we had lung cancer, of course, because he smoked cigars. He went on and on. He said at one point, it takes 50 years to kill people from cigars and cigarettes, if it really kills people. Well, it killed you, asshole. Uh, Let's see. He was 70 years old. Lung cancer. There you go. Uh, they're flying the flag for him in at half staff in his home state of Florida. I don't think he grew up in Florida, but I think that's where he lived. Governor Ron DeSantis. Look out for that name. Speaking of assholes. Um. Anyway, where do you start with Rush Limbaugh? Well, here's how I remember Rush Limbaugh and learning about Rush Limbaugh originally. It was during Bill Clinton's administration, so from '92 to 2000. Uh, when Bill Clinton was the president, Rush Limbaugh became hugely popular, you know. And it always is the case with uh, whoever's in office, the broadcasters and commentators that are counter to whoever's in office, usually they get more popular. You know, Rachel Maddow, way more popular during Trump. You know, uh, same thing on the other side. You know, if you remember... Uh, you know, Bush had his critics. I'm trying to think of who was the big Bush critics. Maybe it was Rachel Maddow again. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Rush hated Bill Clinton. 
and talked about all kinds of Bill Clinton conspiracy theories with Whitewater and this, that, and the other thing. And he was very popular. And I remember I was working in a movie theater with a couple of guys who were big into Rush. They thought Rush was the best. And they're like, we're going to go to a Rush room. I go, what the fuck is a Rush room? A mushroom? What the fuck is a Rush room? <laughs> Sound like Charlie Chanders. I, Rush room. No, Rush room was a restaurant or a bar, but I think in most cases it was restaurants, would play the Rush Limbaugh show at like whatever it was on, noon or 1230. And you could go hang out in this restaurant and, and they played the Rush show. And you'd, like, smoke cigars, because you could, like, smoke in places back then in Michigan. And you would go in, and that's what you do. Go to the Rush Room. I don't think those lasted very long, but those are a thing. My friends were trying to get me to go. Like, we got to go to this Rush Room. It's like, I don't think I'm into that. Even though I, I really wasn't into Bill Clinton either, but I definitely was not into the Rush Room. Did not sound like a good time. 20-year-old Joel was not hanging out at the Rush Room. But those were things. That's how popular he was. And, you know, went on television eventually with the show. Got in trouble for saying a bunch of dumb stuff over the years. I remember the Donovan McNabb uh, controversy. They decided to put him on the ESPN morning show. Uh, a football show. Sunday morning NFL countdown show. And... Well, here's a whole section on controversies and inaccuracies. He made fun of Michael J. Fox. Uh, he, he, he just goes on and on. Sandra Fluke. Law student Sandra Fluke, who testified that she could not, uh, she could not get uh, insurance coverage for contraceptive, was called a slut and a prostitute by Rush Limbaugh. Way to go. He said the COVID-19 pandemic was the common cold. Uh, he said he was being weaponized to bring down Trump. Um, <laughs> the Donovan McNabb thing, they don't even mention here, but they were saying, you know, he, he, when Donovan McNabb was quarterbacking for the Philadelphia Eagles, he said they were rooting for McNabb because they wanted the NFL wanted to see a black quarterback succeed. And he they fired him from ESPN for that. And then he got the he had the whole uh painkiller thing. So Rush at one point got addicted to painkillers. And apparently the painkillers, these prescription drugs, he was doctor shopping, going from doctor to doctor to get oxycodone and hydrocodone. And, you know, he, he what was the, I'm not sure what, what, I'm trying to see what he was all ultimately, uh, he paid a $30,000 fine and, and completed 18 months of therapy. He gave up his right to own a firearm for 18 months. Um, and, of course, Rush Limbaugh was one of these anti-drug guys, but he was hooked to the painkillers. And then, of course, the painkillers apparently may very well have led to him losing his hearing. I mean, who loses their hearing when you're in your, like, 40s or 50s? It's, if you're doing these drugs, it happens. And then he had cochlear implants. 
Of course, the doctors say there was no way of knowing if that's why he lost his hearing. Uh, you know. It also said that Limbaugh was forced to undergo tuning due to an eye twitch because of the cochlear implants. The fuck? This guy was fucked up. And then there's the Viagra. And then there's an. Listen to this. He went to the Dominican Republic. On the way back, the customs officials search his bags and find Viagra that was a prescription of someone else's name. So he was smuggling in Viagra from the Dominican Republic. I mean, what a low life. Of course, Trump gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom because, of course, that's what you do. But no, no one's going to miss uh, Rush. Goodbye to Rush. And really, goodbye to radio. I'm not sure who's left. I guess Sean Hannity is the big conservative voice on radio now. But, uh, you know, Howard Stern moved to satellite. Rush is dead. It's not a whole, whole lot of people left doing big national radio. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe people go to podcasts and that's what we do now. There might never be another rush, and thank goodness. But uh, was married four times, Rush Limbaugh. No children, four uh, marriages. He met his first wife, a 35-year-old aerobics instructor on CompuServe. That's how old that was. (laughs) He met in 1990 on CompuServe, met his wife. The fuck? Whatever. Guy, guy, you know, he fucked on a pile of money. What can I tell you? Rush Limbaugh dead. Goodbye. Rest in peace, asshole. What can I tell you? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Elton John played at his wedding for a reported $1 million fee. Limbaugh denied the $1 million figure was accurate on his radio show. The fuck? What was this guy up to? What was... Because Rush was like a a baseball announcer or something, how he got started. I don't know. You can look into the whole thing. But again, you know, but but here's the thing. People are like, oh, thank God Rush is dead in this voice. But there's always going to be another guy. You know, when you think about the conservatives, there was Breitbart. Oh, this guy's the worst thing ever. He died. Steve Bannon was in the the Trump White House. And if they could just get rid of Steve Bannon, everything and Steve Bannon got fired. Things didn't really change. You know, the, 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 the names change. You know, people, everybody gets mad at these people. The, 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 the you know, the Trump, the, the White House uh, spokespeople. Everyone was so mad about you know, who was the one, I, you know, whatever. People just get mad. And it's like, you know, it's not. Something will always, somebody will always speak up and infuriate the other side. You know, someone will always take that position as I'm going to go counter to what's most popular. And that will, in fact, make me popular. So people take these positions they're, they're not always they don't always have them. You know, you don't always start out. These are not necessarily beliefs of your own. But you look at what the other side's doing, and you're against it. And vociferously, and then you find an audience for it. Very, very, you know, it's, it, it happens. And so, 
when you look at guys like Rush or you look at guys like Kennedy, just know when they're gone, someone else is coming behind them. There's going to be another asshole. There will be another asshole, I can guarantee you. (laughs) Maybe it's me, I don't know. But there'll always be another asshole. Just remember that. Take that as your lesson from today's Joel Radio. How about that? All right. Uh, What else we got? Well, we got movie and TV stuff. I'm going to get Layla in here in a minute. I think that's about it. Let's talk about comedy a little bit. The Comedy Castle's open, boys and girls. That's right. If you're in the Detroit area, come out to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. We got shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, national headliners. Uh, my good friend Dave Landau is going to be coming up, one of Detroit's funniest comedians. He's the uh, co-host of the uh, Anthony Camilla show now out of New York. If, you, if you're a fan of that show, Dave's a Detroit guy. We started out together and... Dave will be headlining the castle in a couple weeks. A lot of really good acts coming through. Uh, and, you know, we haven't had comedy. We, we had it for a couple weeks in November at the Comedy Castle. Otherwise, it's been closed since last March. 25% seating capacity, so the seats are very wide open. It's definitely not as crowded in there. But because of the limited capacity, tickets do sell out quickly. So go to ComedyCastle.com. Come check out a show. Uh, I will have a student showcase at some point in the future, maybe April, May. We're hoping for one of those. Maybe get a chance to see me perform at that. Maybe not. I'm always there, though. I'm at the door. You can come say hi to me at the Comedy Castle. I'll be out there wearing my mask, seating people, doing the offstage announcement, all that stuff, making sure the show runs well. That's what we do. So it's great to be back at the Comedy Castle. Michigan's moving in the right way with the whole COVID thing, and comedy's back, so that's great. Go to ComedyCastle.com, get your tickets for the Comedy Castle. Yeah, but we're going to talk movies here uh, with Layla and TV, because it's been weeks since we did the show. So yeah, uh, we're going to talk about lots of stuff. It's Oscar season, the whole thing, and um, I've also, I guess I'll bring this up before we bring Layla in. Uh, I've been writing reviews now, writing reviews on Letterboxd, if you don't know what Letterboxd is. And believe me, I'm relatively new to Letterboxd. It's been around for a little bit, but, uh, you know, you, you write reviews or you you can just give stars. You can actually write, do a written review about the movies you see, and it keeps a log for you, which is helpful for you to keep track of the movies that you've seen. You can also look up any movies that you want to see and get all of these. You know, there's hundreds and thousands of reviews of the new movies uh, from real people. Uh, that usually, It's basically a social network for uh, movies. And I'm, I've reviewed, I don't know how many I've reviewed, I've got a dozen movies or so in there at this point. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today I've already reviewed on Letterboxd. So go over to Letterboxd. It's an app that you can get on uh, iOS or Android. Or you can just go to letterbox.com. They do spell it differently, though. It's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. But it's popular. You'll find it. And uh, you can get the app in Joel the Comic is my username. So go over there. And you can like my reviews. You can comment on my reviews. I give star ratings to everything. And maybe I'll even bring in those star ratings on the show today or in the future. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about the, my letterbox reviews and all that stuff with uh, Layla. Let's see if she's coming in. Where is she? Where are you at, Layla? Come on. Time to shine. Let's talk movies. It's Oscar season. 
Oscar season. How's it treating you? It's treating me <laughs> to being very tired. You're, well, you know, uh, we've now here's the thing. We're going to get back to the Oscars, but I mean, we've got a giant list of stuff. Yeah. TV and movies, some of that Oscar stuff, the, you know, the Oscar nominations are coming out. We're trying to catch up on some of those movies. Losers. Well, we'll get, to, we'll get to those. Here's what I think we should do. What's that? I'm proposing this. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's fine. We will pick, because you have a copy, even though you told me the last show, I promised never to give you a you copy did. of the agenda again, because it just throws you off rather than helping you. But since we have the lists in front of us, uh-huh. why don't we try to pick uh, through this one by one, meaning I'll pick one, you pick one, and we can say, we'll do movie, and then we'll do a TV, and then we'll do a movie, and then we'll do a TV, and then we'll... And then when we, because I don't think like you were saying, and you're tired and all that, and I get all mm-hmm. that, and we just cooked a delicious dinner together. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And Thank I you for that. All day. <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Um, we will try to keep this part of the show, uh-huh. you know, to an hour or so, the most. At the most. What At the time most. It? It's you see what time it I is. I see what time. All it right, is. let's come on. Okay. I make it feel long. Well, I'll, in fact, I'll even let you go first. How about that? Okay, Layla. Am I starting with a TV or? A well, movie? you can start. You can start with either one. How is that? I'm going to start with TV. What was on TV? That's good. Impractical Joker. <laughs> it, it came back, and even though we're in Oscar season, we will defer our Oscar talk about some of the finest acting, directing, cinematography, and writing in film. Talk about the return of Impractical Jokers. Uh, you know what? Don't even act like you don't love it. I do like Impractical Jokers. I know. When we first met, you put your nose up to that and was like, <laughs> I don't like that kind of stuff. Uh, this is not funny to me. And now you can't get enough. Well, you can't get enough. All right, listen. <laughs> I enjoy watching Impractical Jokers with you. We went to their live show. Well, I think we, we talked that about was, that. Wasn't that my birthday on the was show? It was like your Day gift. No, it was like your birthday gift. Your Valentine's Day gift was tickets to see Sal Volcano do stand up, oh. and that was canceled due to the pandemic. Stupid pandemic. So yeah, we had nice seats to see Sal uh, in Royal Oak, but we couldn't. So uh, Impractical Jokers came back. Yep. It's weird. Some of the stuff you can tell was shot during the pandemic. Some of it was and before. And it's, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Explain what do you think of this season so far? I think we've watched three episodes of the new season. It's still good. It's a little different. It is, yeah. Um, you're used to seeing, because it will be where they're not by a ton of people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's a room full of people in a grocery store. Yeah, where you go, like, they shot this before the pandemic. Right, because the, yeah. no one's wearing masks, but yeah. then you see the newer ones where you see all that. Right. Well, at one, like, the guys are in a radio booth. Oh, my God, that was so funny. Yeah, but it was like, you know, there's like right. there's literally glass between them. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the photographer where the guy, they're 20 feet away from each other. Right. I thought the punishment on the last one... With the puppets in the car. I don't want to ruin it for people you that haven't did. seen it. Well, it was very funny. And I think that was a nice kind of, 
yeah. one guy in the car punishment mm-hmm. where you didn't need lots and of people drive around. someone freaking crazy. Yeah, that was pretty good. So I like that. So, yeah, I mean, look, the thing about Impractical Jokers is that people say that don't like it or don't watch it is it's the only thing on that channel, which they're kind of right. Yeah, but look at how many times we've watched how many of the seasons yeah, over it, and over. And I, I think that's why it's on as much as it is. Yeah, I mean, I it's like because people like it. it. Yeah. And so, but yeah. think about it. If I come home in one of the worst moods because I've had one of the worst days, yeah, we put that on, mm-hmm. and do I not instantly laugh? You do laugh. You love yeah. those guys. I do. They remind you of me a little bit too. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Except they're Italian they are... guys in their forties, <laughs> but eh, they are funny. I'm funny too. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I just like to mess with you. I'd probably be hanging out with those guys if I was a New York comic. Oh yeah, you think so? Well, Sal does a podcast with my friend Joe DeRosa. Mm-hmm. Like Joe. So why don't we like call up your friend? Well, Joe and, and be then like, you know, Big J's been on the show, and I'm friends with Big J. So why aren't we like hooking know. up with these friends? I, because I don't want to be a nudge and be like, eh. yeah, hey, my girlfriend likes. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. Oh. You pull some strings for your girl. <laughs> Be like, what can we do to make this happen? I don't know. You met Chris Kattan. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? I mean, that I aim, was... I aim to I please. Like, oh, my God, he smelled so bad He did. Night. All right, let's come on. It's Chris Kattan, please. <laughs> the, the the body odor of Chris Kattan. It was bad. Not a, not a subject for the... <laughs> professional relationship with these people that you're ruining. You're, you're snorting. You're snorting over Chris Kattan's odor. Why are you literally... What is going on? Is there... Is there, is there a bulldog puppy in the room? What is there snorting? You need to stop. You need to is there a pug? Stop. You need to stop. All right. Chris Kattan smelled bad. What do you want from him? You'd sweat your ass off, too, if you were on stage for an hour Listen, with no act. I'm trying you to would compose be... <laughs> myself. <laughs> You're not helping. I'm trying to compose myself. Imagine, I'm, I'm going to get blowback from Chris Kattan. He's very important in the business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll pick a, I'll pick a TV show. Okay, he's, or a movie, whichever one. Well, I don't know. I feel like I, well, I, I don't, let's keep it on TV for now, then we'll switch to movies. Okay, so like I'll pick a movie next. Yeah, you'll pick a movie next, but I'll pick a TV show. We watched uh, one of the hot Netflix shows, which again is one of the problems I have with Netflix is you turn on Netflix, they give everybody in the world the same show and then everybody watches that show. But we fell for this one. Even though it was good when it started out, but Crime Scene Hotel Cecil. Oh, yeah. Is a four-part true crime documentary mm-hmm. about... Uh, we like all true crime, though. We, we like true crime stuff, but there were things in this one mm-hmm. that were sleazy in a way that I think uh, TV true crime can be really bad. Let me explain. So the story of a a girl, uh, I can't remember her name, and boy, they only say it 10 million times in the show. But anyway, you can look the story up, and I'm going to try to say this without spoiling it. 
Because I was listening to a podcast last week, and two guys were discussing this. Okay. And the guy said, oh, that girl that went missing, and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And the guy goes, you just ruined the whole thing. you know. So I don't want to be that guy. Okay. So you know what I mean. We're not going to go. But basically, there's a disappearance. Mm-hmm. A girl who was traveling on vacation was staying in a less than disreputable, uh, a, not less than reputable, a disreputable part of Los Angeles. Yes. She was not seen from or heard from again. Her parents got worried. They called the cops. Mm-hmm. There's a search. There was also some bizarre video of her that was found. Yeah. And so there were a lot of amateur sleuthing going on. And that's really where, because I thought the first two episodes of this show, mm-hmm. which by the way, this was done by a guy named Joe Berlinger. He made uh, doc- a documentary uh, called uh, Paradise Lost, Never heard which is about the West Memphis Three. And I have problems with that documentary. But anyway, um, but I think some of the mistakes that I found in that were in this as well. First couple of episodes were very factual. Right. What do we think happened to this girl? You know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. We kind of were coming up with our own idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the time you get to episode three, I think there is some resolution. Mm-hmm. I think you f- kind of feel like you know the story and what happened. Right. Then they do this bizarre fourth episode, which, and again, it could be that Netflix really wants four episodes, four episodes of a show, even though they didn't have the content of these internet sleuths. Who were completely ridiculous they were, and were completely like they were angering me, at least, if not both of us mm-hmm. while we're watching it and probably would anger you as a viewer into going, you guys just suck. You guys right. not only are you like not only did you not figure out what happened to this girl, they were making up stories. You were making things up and having like the one guy is like, she was my best friend. Mm-hmm. I knew that. And it's like. You didn't even meet this person. Right. You read their blog, and it was this weird kind of emotional connection. That, yeah. And I believe we're going to talk about that in a second here with another thing. But anyway, it was kind of felt like the same thing as, as Save Britney Spears, which oh, I think yeah. we'll get I to that. We yeah, because I think I said at one point, this guy should stop trying to solve the case of this missing woman and try to and go back to saving Britney Spears. Right. Because it felt like the same kind of people with no friends. Just at home, online all the time. At home, yeah. kind of talking shit about stuff that they don't know about. I and, mean, we do that, but... Well, <laughs> well, you know what, though? When it's life and death, do we really do that? No. Do we really, you know, no. speculate? Now, granted, no. tonight... jokes. Layla, did you hear Tiger Woods crashed his car? He was getting away from the, the booty, booty bitches. bitches. And we had a laugh. Right. And then, you know what? Look, that happened today. As you're listening to this, you'll probably know more about what happened to Tiger Woods. I'm going with he was getting away from the booty bitches. Well, the minute you said he was leaving a hotel at 7 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) he was getting away from the booty bitches. Or he was going to golf or something, which you might do at 7 a.m. too, but who knows? From a hotel? Well, if he doesn't live in L.A., I don't know. No. I don't know. No, we're going with the booty bitches. Very well could have been the booty bitches. The booty bitches... We know the booty bitches did in Tiger. If you haven't seen that documentary, we talked about it last show uh, on HBO Max, uh, Tiger. But anyway, crime scene, Hotel Cecil, I liked it for uh, some of it. But literally, like that fourth episode, we were sitting there going, I want this to end. Yeah, there was really no point in that last Yeah, it was just seem, and and then they start accusing somebody of murdering her. That is like the most ridiculous thing you'll ever see. And and I don't even want to get into it, but it's unbelievably ridiculous. You always got to stop me. Well, I don't want to ruin it for people watching. 
right. that might watch. But basically, look, I liked this show for some of it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well done. Episodes well, one through three were yeah. just watch those. I mean, you know, this could have been a two-hour Dateline or something. Yeah. But what about the hotel manager? She seemed so sketchy. Ooh. Like she was like enjoying being interviewed and yes. had all of this like pride in being yes. a part of this hotel. When there's been nothing but bad and, stuff and with she this hotel. And like, she's like, I've worked at the hotel for 10 years, and we really tried to run a good ship. You know, I was brought in to clean the place up. And, and we've only had 80 deaths. Yeah, that's, that was the She's like, <laughs> we've had 80 deaths under my watch. I'm like, 80 people died at your hotel. hotel? Right. How many of them did you kill, you crazy-eyed bitch? And she had a smile on her yeah, face it the was, she had time. She had kind of has crazy eyes. Yeah. Again. She, and, I, and I, this is not a spoiler for the show, no. really had nothing to do with this no. girl disappearing whatsoever, not but it kind of shows you what, who was running the, the inmates were kind of running the asylum, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was not so, so crime scene, hotel season, again, this is one that they put it up on Netflix, and everybody talks about it, we got roped into it, and, you know. And Joel doesn't like to get roped into things Netflix tells him to watch. I want to watch it because I hear that it's good or I think that it's good. or And again, this one, I was sort of like, okay, I could I could go for this one. But anyway, all right. Pick me a movie, Miss Layla. Barb and Star. <laughs> go to Vista Del Mar. Boy, you're really, again, <laughs> with the Oscar-worthy performances in this one. Listen. All right. Tell tell everybody about Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. It's about a two middle. <laughs> I burped. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least she didn't hiccup. Um, it's about two <laughs> middle aged women who are single and want to go on a vacation because they never leave their hometown. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you would have expected. There was parts that were... Well, we, we had seen this trailer in the theater right. going back like a year and a half. But it never really showed you who was in it, no. what they were doing. It didn't show anything. You could tell, even though they never showed her, that it, it was, was Kristen, Kristen Wiig, because you could hear the voice. And... But that's all you could ever yeah, tell. Yeah, it was very very odd trailer where mm-hmm. they just showed them like Which buried up to their necks in sand or something. Which goes with how the movie was, if you think well, about it. Because it was kind of a little bit of a mystery type. Well, I'll tell you, the the trailer was weird. Yeah. And the movie is weird. It, it lives is. up to that billing. But it also, funny. I was worried that there was a chance this was going to be the worst movie ever made. And was There it? was a chance. No, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. very good. Yes. You laughed a lot. I did laugh a lot. I, I, and I'm shocked that I laughed. Mm-hmm. Here's how I would describe this to people. And again, without ruining it, because we went in, you know, it was on video on demand. We saw it like the and first night or the second night. we had an expectation of it just being yeah. a stupid comedy. It was, like... our, was our Valentine's Day movie, wasn't it? I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Well, this is one that you had wanted to see, and when I saw that it was yeah. out, I made sure to get it for us. Um, I I would describe it as that first Austin Powers. Yeah. Do you remember? Because I remember when the first Austin Powers came out, and everyone was like, this is going to be the dumbest movie ever. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. You know, second and third Austin Powers, who gives a shit? Right. But that first one was very original and very funny, and that's what I felt about this one. Yeah. Uh, they did a really good job, and uh, Jamie Dornan was funny. In he his, was, yeah. You know, I mean, this is the guy from Fifty Shades, oh, which yeah. is 
you know, and he's playing this comedic role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Wiig plays two roles. I won't ruin those. Why would you do well, that? Well, we but didn't know should... if it was I her. Did. It's her. It's but her in two roles. I did. I, well, I'm letting the people know. They'll know but right away. you should have let them figure it well, out. Well, it's, it's, I, I had a really because good time with this. you weren't sure if that was her or not. I wasn't sure. They did a good job with her costuming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And look, she was in Wonder Woman 1984, and you know she like went through this big transformation. But she's way better in this. Yeah, yeah. This movie's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, weird stuff that. that I didn't even. Again, I'm gonna ruin it, but I still don't know what that crab thing was exactly. I don't know because I didn't understand. Because I even looked that. it up, and they were kind of like, because there's there's been a lot of articles popping up where people are going. Let's explain Barb and Star go, you know, like some of the the bits and stuff in there. And uh, it was funny, I have to say. It was very funny. It's definitely a thing where you could see these two characters in other movies. Yeah. And going to other places, you know, Barb and Star go skiing or some crap Mm -hmm. like that. Or Barb and Star join the army. Like you could see that this would be like an Abbott and Costello kind of act. You know, maybe maybe more of a uh, I'm trying to be a little more contemporary. Spade and Farley or something, you know. Oh, okay. You know, and even one of those guys is dead, too. Um, they could use Chris Kattan. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, Barb and Star way outdid my expectations. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Makes me want to go to the beach. Yeah, well... We we looked. Should I tell that story? Go ahead. Oh yeah. So Layla, you know, they, I, I was like, they they go to Florida, right? Right. I'm watching this, and I go, this doesn't really look like Florida. This is pretty crazy looking. It's Cancun. Now Cancun is like the strip of hotels, these resorts on the beach. And when they show you the beach, it's like crazy. So I was like, oh, what's it like to go to Cancun? And how much would it cost? And just kind of bounce some things. And I found this pretty reasonable all-inclusive resort mm-hmm. and when i looked it up turns out that was where they shot the movie yeah it's coincidental we could go we could go but we're not gonna not right now you know maybe you keep like showing me all these like <laughs> summery places beachy vacation, vacation well, we've been spots. doing that for a year i know because so. we were in Atlanta this time last mm-hmm. year and we haven't been anywhere since not really nothing fun frank and Muth doesn't count frank and Muth for one night and we did edibles <laughs> we didn't like go on a horse ride on edibles probably no. should have we should have but, done something than just lay in bed but we were we were afraid of coronavirus a little bit too yeah. we didn't want to yeah yeah but anyway so barb and star i i enjoyed and i think good. people i'm recommending that funny comedy and you know mm-hmm. there you go all right let's talk about uh one of the big oscar movies pick one of your movies i'm now. not but nomad land <sighs> with francis mcdormand no, don't make that noise. All right. Your <laughs> criticism of Nomadland, your criticism yeah. is that nothing happened in Nomadland. And you know what? You're not wrong. Did you not say to me, this was a really good movie, but it was boring? Uh, yeah, but that was... How, the... how can you put that in a sentence? I, look, it does not go together. Well, look, because you get tied up in these characters emotionally... And you want to see what they're going through and you feel for them. And But we were both watching it going, you know, again, without ruining it, sort of towards the last third of the movie. Like, will she do this or will she do that? Right. And so we were invested in these people because the acting was very good. The leads, uh, Frances McDormand, Dr- David Strathairn was sort of her love interest fella that she meets on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's a story about economic downturn. 
you know, the factory where she works is closed. She ends up taking all these kind of odd jobs on the road, and it's shot in largely, I guess, the, the plains and the southwest of the United States. Beautiful photography. Some of these people that she meets, these nomads, they actually used real people. Right. To play these characters. And, and the one guy, Bob, and you see the movie, you'll know who Bob is when you see it. But she, she had to turn to Bob and go, hey, just so you know, I actually, because Bob said to her, you know, at one point he goes, I'm really sorry about you losing your husband. She goes, just so you know, I have a husband. His name's Joel and he's fine. <laughs> I'm going home to see him this weekend. And he was like, what? What are you talking? You know, like he, Bob had no idea that this is like this famous actress. Because I guess those people don't see movies. I'm so confused. No, no, no. Frances McDormand yeah. told this Bob fella. In real uh, life? Uh, in real life on the set, Bob went up to her and said, I'm so sorry about the loss of your husband, which is a plot point in the movie mm-hmm. that, you know, it's actually part of the backstory of the movie. I'm right. not spoiling anything. And she goes, no, just so you know, I've got a husband. His name is Joel, and I'm going home to see him this weekend. Her husband's name is Joel. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. you were trying to make She's married to Joel Cohn of the Cohen brothers. Oh. Yeah. So anyway. Um, see, that That was all lost over Well, you know. I'm sorry. Most, a lot of people know that her and Joel Cohen are a couple, well, but you do not. No, I'm not a... Not a movie. <laughs> movie um, snob. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed Nomadland. It is slow. Uh, it is all those things that you say, but I did think it was some really good performances. I thought the visuals were pretty amazing. I know that they screened this in IMAX at places, hmm. which was like, okay, that's odd for an IMAX because there's no action in this movie. It's just people going through their day and just walking, doing their thing and uh, trying to exist. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it says something about America. There is definitely a real America that is represented in this movie that is not in most movies or yeah. television shows. And I thought that was refreshing. And I think they're going to give Francis McDormand the Oscar for this in all likelihood. And there's nothing you can do about it. And <laughs> you or I or anyone listening, um, I would not say that this was the best picture of the year. But no. if you think you're going to enjoy something like this, uh, you should see it. I mean, look. I thought for you, mm-hmm. this could be boring, not knowing all that much about it. And it was exactly that. Yeah. And for that, I guess I apologize, but it's fine. not really. Yeah. Because it was so. a good movie. But it was boring. Well, look, <laughs> not a lot. I mean, there wasn't a lot of action in it. There wasn't a lot of laughs in it. It was, yeah. you know, it was people trying to get by and deal with emotions and loss and all that, those things. Grown up stuff, Layla. Yeah. Grown-up stuff. All right, you pick whatever you want. Okay. Uh, Our Friend. Our Friend is a movie. You talk about it. Aww. You go ahead. It is about, is it three high school, no, three college friends. Yeah, I believe they met in college. Yeah. yeah. Two of them are a couple. Mm-hmm. One of, well, one of them gets sick. Yeah. I and, think you can say that without yeah. spoiling anything. Right. Someone, and... The two others kind of band together. Well, it's a married couple and their best friend. It's their story. Right. Mm -hmm. So they kind of band together and help each other. And it's just, it's a very, it's a heartwarming, sad, funny movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a bittersweet comedy, a drama. It's a tearjerker for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jace, I think I was ugly crying. Yeah, you might, you were definitely crying a little. You were crying at a couple of these movies. Mm-hmm. This, this, this we got written out. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jason Siegel 
in his first big role in a while that yeah, I can I recall. Love him. He's good. Yeah. They don't give him a lot of stuff to do no. anymore. They always know? give him like the funny the stoner guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a little bit of that because he's sort of the black sheep that yeah. this family brings in and they have kids and he's kind of this nice uncle figure to them. But and he's playing a serious role. Yeah, it is serious. Yeah. And Casey Affleck is the husband. Dakota Johnson is uh, the wife who's ill. It's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. I actually have the... I, <laughs> I pulled up but did not read the Esquire article that is about uh, this real uh, people. Oh, I didn't bother reading the article, but I did pull it up. You can find it online if you look it up. Um, so it's a true story. I think the complaint about this, and I, you had this complaint even more than I did watching it, was, and I think the article does this too as I was scanning through it, it jumps around a lot, timeline. Yeah. It kind of starts in the present day and jumps back and then jumps forward, jumps back again, jumps mm-hmm. back again, and you kind of go and... Where are we at? Yeah, I think it would have been a little more clear... If they had sort of done it more in a linear sense. Yeah. Uh, but they jumped around a little bit. Um, you know, you can rent this. I don't know uh, if this thing's really getting any Oscar buzz. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it should get something. You know, it gets our because respect. it was good. It got your tears. It did. <laughs> our friend. It's good. I, 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 I think I said this. I Did I review this on Letterboxd? That's the thing I'm doing now. You weren't here for that part of the show. Letterboxd? It's a, it's a website where you review movies. So I started doing that this week. Oh, okay. Writing. So people, like people that's in the show can go see my reviews before the show. Mm. And then they could watch the stuff before I talk about it here. Oh. Because in a way, well, first of all, it was just a thing for me to do, mm-hmm. to write some stuff. Okay. But they can listen, and rather than listening to the show and then watching the movie, they can watch and then before. getting mad at me, they can watch the movie, get mad at me before, and then watch, I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> but I think in my Letterboxd review, I said this is the uh, modern terms of endearment. That was about a lady who had cancer. Oh, okay. Won a bunch of Oscars. Oh, Kind of a better movie than this one, but... Uh, I've never, I never seen it. Yeah, it's from the 80s. My, it was a, my, one of my mom's favorite movies. Oh, okay. Jack Nicholson, uh, I think I've it was... I've heard of it. Jeff Daniels' first big movie. Oh. Michigan's own Jeff Daniels. All right, so... All right, so Layla picked our friend, so I'll pick another movie. And I guess I'm picking... I'll pick something <laughs> I want. Well, we watched it last night, and again, when you turn on Netflix, oh yeah, they make you want to watch whatever's there, and we did. You got suckered into two. No, but I, you know what? I don't you, regret you, watching you, this you, one either. It's called I Care a Lot. It is, uh, it is a thriller. People will say this is a black comedy. It's, I don't think we laughed that much in this. I no. mean, there definitely there's moments where they're going for. The thing with the milk, again, trying that. You know, there's things where they're trying to get you to laugh at this. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, This, uh, boy, I should really know. What's the act? Rosamund Pike, who was the star of Gone Girl, is the lead in this one. And uh, she plays uh, an evil, conniving bitch. She plays a caregiver. What's that? She is a caregiver. She's a caregiver who is caregiver. But they, you I mean, they don't, don't even... Don't you... You're spoiling it. No, but that's the first scene of the movie. She does that voiceover about, I. there are two types of people in the world, and I'm blah, 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 you know. So, I mean, right away, I mean... Yeah, I don't think I was paying attention yeah, to Yeah, you were on your phone <laughs> you, playing a game or yeah, something. Yeah, probably. But here's the deal, and you wonder why you don't enjoy movies like me, because you're on your phone every minute. But here's the thing. 
It shows we gotta we gotta go, guys. Uh- <laughs> yeah, he's getting a death stare, just in case you're wondering. No, I mean here's the thing about this movie. So basically, she she uh, sort of is a care a court appointed caregiver for the elderly, right? The people that can no longer take care of themselves. They have dementia. Don't whatever. have any family or have, anyone to any guardian. She's their court appointed guardian, mm-hmm. and she kind of fleeces these people. Right? She she has inside connections at the old folks home mm-hmm. she kind of puts their home up for auction you see like they're they're probably skimming some of the profit they don't really exactly show everything but right. you kind of know that there's there's well, she says she's paying herself out of it. yeah absolutely um and you know then she ends up sort of crossing the wrong people again without ruining this movie for anyone i think one of the reasons this movie may not work for some people is who are you rooting for you're not rooting for anyone. You got bad guys against bad guys. That's kind of the problem with this movie, in a yeah. sense, is that everybody's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they wanted you to be sympathetic for her by nope. the last third of it. Nope. And you're kind of like, you know nope. what? I don't really care what happens to her. I kind yeah, of I felt see, bad yeah. for the woman they put in the home. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diane Weiss yeah. is, is and, and she's, you know, Diane Weiss is a great actress, but yeah. they don't really ever do much. She no. kind of just plays a lady that's inferred, mm-hmm. infirmed. Um, Chris Messina, very over-the-top performance by Chris Messina as a lawyer. Oh, I love him. You love him. I do. From the Mindy Project. Mindy Project. There was a year, I forget what it was, but I know Corey and I used to talk about it. That guy was in everything. Yeah. There was like a, like, I don't know if it was eight, nine years ago. Chris Messina was in every fucking movie it was when, made. Like when he was started. on Mindy Project and just every indie movie and all this stuff. It was always like the guy, you know, the 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 never the lead, always like the you know supporting guy. Mm-hmm. So he comes in. He has a few really good scenes in this. Peter Dinklage is in this, and you know Peter Dinklage is pretty good. I mean, if, if you were a Game of Thrones fan, you know he was good on that. The, the little the little guy, yeah, just the, the little person, Peter Dinklage. I don't know how he works in this one, um, but I I liked, I, I liked him in that. You liked him in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, he does have very expressive eyes, doesn't yeah. he? When they zoom in on Peter Dinklage, you're like, ooh, he looks scary, he looks mm-hmm. sad. There's a lot of that going on in this movie. Um, you know, I I'm recommending. I care a lot, even though. Uh, I mean, look, the easy review is I didn't care a lot for I care a lot. I actually thought it was pretty good, especially when I look at what Netflix is shoveling to you on a daily basis and go, you know what? This one was pretty good. I think Rosamund Pike, uh, I think she's nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance in this. So no idea. Yeah, I I don't. Do I have the Globe nomination sitting here? I might. You did. I've got all kinds of documentation sitting here. SAG Awards. Golden Globes. Let me just take a look and see if she is here. She's supporting. No, she's not supporting. Best Actress in in Music. Yes, but they have a musical or comedy category. And that's what she's in? Yes. Yeah, see, I don't. It's considered a comedy, I guess, according to the Golden Globes. Wow. I don't know. That's a that's surprising because I, I didn't find it funny at all. You know, we're gonna have to watch Borat too if they nominate that girl. I'm not watching. It. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> I've not seen one. Of I haven't those either, but I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch it. Why? Because I watch all the Oscar-nominated movies. But you you can miss... If you've no. never seen the first... So that means you have to I'll, watch the first I'll, one. I'll be able to figure out what's going on in Borat 2. Okay. All right. Pick a movie or a TV show. Come on. I am going to go with the ultimate 
playlist of noise. <laughs> the ultimate playlist of noise. Okay. What? Well, it was just a, that's like the smallest movie we watched on here, but okay. But it was really good. You liked it? Yeah. Now you go ahead. You talk about it. Why? So you can... Yeah, I'm going to dump on it, but you go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know... You know, it was. It was a sad movie. It's about I don't know. Well, I think you can say I can ruin. I, I mean, can... it's in the trailers and stuff, so okay. sure, yeah, yeah. So it's a boy who has to have surgery, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going to end up losing his hearing, mm-hmm. and music is his life. He wears headphones on top of headphones so he can listen to everything at once. Yeah, and he wants to go across the country and make the ultimate playlist of noise he wants to record all the sounds that he really enjoys in the world right wind um that's the premise yeah so it's it's a good movie it's coming sad. of age story yeah it's sad but it's good it is i yeah, here's the thing here we go they just made a movie about a guy who's losing his hearing called the sound of metal which was one of the best movies of the year that movie blows this ultimate playlist of noise. It's which, by the way, is on Hulu. Little, if anyone's looking to watch it, it is different. This was a, more of a young adult right. Who coming of age movie. Got to prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're different, yeah. but at the end of the day, they're, they're both about losing their hearing. Both about a guy who's losing his hearing and how they deal with it. Right. And this is an angsty teenager versus the other guy who was a professional musician. Um, you know, I, I thought the ultimate playlist of noise. Was a little cheesy at times. I mean, uh, you know. I like cheesy. You do like cheesy a little bit. I mean, that girl that he's hanging out with was sort of like, I don't know. I don't know. It was okay. I'm saying, you know, I mean. It'd be a, it's a fine movie to watch. It's not I'm, like you're going to totally regret it. Like, No Man Land. <laughs> no Man Land. You can't tell me that you enjoyed that more than No Man Land. Yes, I oh, did. good God. Here's my review of, and I've used this term before. Here we go. For a movie like The Ultimate Playlist of Noise. Mm -hmm. It's for girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And you're a girl. Yep. All right. If you want to watch Ultimate Playlist of Noise on Hulu, he is listening to Pavement in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, that's cool. Because they're one of my favorites. Mm. And they had some good music in there. They had some good music in it. Mm. I'll give him credit. I don't know. It was okay. It could have been better. Uh, you know, I mean, the premise was all right, and it just wasn't, it didn't work for me. All right. I, I've already teased this one, so let's uh, stay on Hulu and talk about another documentary called Framing Britney Spears, Layla. Yes. You were like, I need to see this Britney Spears thing is coming well, out. I on the I grew up b- b- with her. Yeah, and I said, oh, I know all about that. This is a documentary produced by the New York Times. Mm-hmm. They have a New York Times Presents documentary series on Hulu, which... I was already subscribed to before this came out, so this right. would have popped up in my feed anyway. But um, yeah, this is a, really about her conservatorship, and, and you know, Britney Spears' uh, father has control of her money and her career, and all, all of the things makes all of the decisions for her in her life. And people, again, internet fans, I did not realize that there were so many people in the world that were. Trying to interpret, interpret what her Instagram stories were well, about. Well, yeah, and, we'll get to that. So, oh. But but the base point is, no, no, no. Here's the thing. She it, it seems to be doing well. 
But yet, at the same time, people feel like they're ripping her off. They're doing this. They're doing She's that. She's obviously not mentally there. And they, well, yeah, and they show all of that because they show her meltdown. Mm-hmm. And look, was a lot of it driven by the paparazzi following her around? Sure, For sure. Was she treated poorly by? Her ex-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake, probably. Don't you talk about uh, Hey, look, and that's in the movie. I'm not even, I don't know nothing about that. Don't you talk. We'll talk about JT in a minute if you want. But I, I was planning Yeah, on it. well, there you go. But, you know, and, and so there were a lot of, you know, look, growing up in the spotlight, growing up as a teenager and a young adult and, mm-hmm. you know, getting married and having children under the spotlight must be hard for anybody. Right. But she apparently, you know, did have a breakdown and did go to, you know, was institutionalized and all that stuff. And she did do a, a Broadway show, which felt like and I know from reviews of it, even though I didn't see it. Yeah, a lot of people said it felt like she was kind of going through the motions at that thing. Right. But she was making tons and tons of money. But wasn't she she was she her dad was making her do that. Well, that's what that's what's alleged. See, right. that's the thing about her. You go on her Instagram to get back to that mm-hmm. and it's her hanging out with her kids. It really feels like Have you looked okay. at her Instagram? I have. Let me explain. It feels like she is like this mom who's wealthy. And the kids really like because she's lots of fun and she has money. But my guess is that there's lots of like domestic help who really takes care of these kids. And Brittany's kind of just there hanging out like another one of the kids and goofing around. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the vibe I get with her. I don't get that Britney Spears is like this prisoner in a mansion with her father, you know, and that's the thing about this movie, Th- these internet fans, same kind of thing with hotel Cecil that are chanting free, free, free Britney Spears, blah, 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 blah. It's all, I think there's a lot of projection onto her. If you know what I mean from these fans, mm-hmm. a lot of these fans are putting on to her. Britney is this most important figure in their life because they were young and they were gay, but they didn't know it yet and they weren't out and Britney Spears showed them how to live and all that stuff. And that's all great. I'm not putting that down. I don't think Britney Spears ever intended to help them. I don't think that's calculated on her part whatsoever. I think she's a pretty girl who can sing a little bit, who can dance a little bit. And everybody's projecting that she is like the savior of the world. And she isn't. And that's unfair to her. Mm-hmm. So these people that are saying free Britney Spears and making her out to be the Messiah aren't really helping her either. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's helping this Britney Spears. That's my take. Okay. What do you think? I don't... What about her Instagram? Did I did I miss? Yeah, I true not... what's going on I on her have Instagram. I've never seen that on her Instagram. What? Her playing around with her kids. I see her. <laughs> That's all they, around sh- they and- showed the clips on the in the documentary. Right. But if you go to her actual Instagram, <sighs> I'm not going. Okay, well, I, that's what I, I could asked do it you. right now, but I don't it's want to. It's her twirling around with her little weird voice, and yeah, she's mentally not there. Sure, but she acts like a kid. That's what yeah. I mean. So I, you know, I I don't I I'm not sure what people want. You know, people want her to be something she's not. Yeah. I think what we're seeing of her is really her. And I think actually there are people who are like, we don't want people to see this. Yeah. And I understand that in a way that I think her super fans don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think these people, while very well intended, 
may not really understand the whole thing, just like they didn't understand the whole thing in, in Crime Scene Hotel Cecil. See. Only pieces of it. They see what they want to see, and they put on to things. And the girl in Hotel Cecil, how much stuff did they throw on to her? Right. When none of that was really the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels there. Yeah. But anyway, that's Framing Britney Spears. I recommend it, actually. It's a real, uh, it's a short watch, too. It's like 75 minutes or something, so mm-hmm. you can knock that out. All right, go ahead, Layla. Whatever you want. Palmer. <laughs> we might as well if we we're go just from... fighting now we're just yeah we're just brawling over yeah. paul even though i like palmer but go ahead and talk about it no what the... <laughs> you can't come on the show yes i can and then say i'm gonna talk about this i'll describe palmer i'll just go ahead you'll correct me anyhow so just go I'm for show. it i'm gonna drink this cup of coffee you know what while you talk about palmer it's about a guy who went to jail who comes out mm-hmm. and lives with his grandma and befriends his neighbor's child. You can hear you <laughs> sipping. You son of a bitch. You did that on purpose. <laughs> you're not. Talk about funny. Palmer. I am. And you're making I noises. Know. Who befriends the little boy who's living on his grandma's property. Mm-hmm. And it is a very, another tearjerker. Yeah. And I cried again, <laughs> as we can all, you all can tell now, I am a crier. <laughs> Palmer's was, pretty good. I, 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 was, I, did, I did think it was good. I, yeah. I did think... Um, Justin Timberlake did very well. I think we both, though, in watching it, kind of felt that it got very predictable at times. Yeah. Uh, but it was, the kid did a real nice job. Oh, that kid, that kid should be Oscar nominated. Yeah, the kid was pretty good. I mean, and Justin Timberlake was good for what he's, you know, he's playing this, you know, a kid who, you know, got in some trouble, but really has a heart of gold. And, you know, his grandmother and him have this great relationship. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he was put in a bad situation and did some bad things that he doesn't want to talk about anymore. And, you know, uh, it was, um, you know, I think, I think the thing with him is it's so all right we're doing that now <laughs> i think it's so against type for justin timberlake that i think some people will look at that and go yeah I, they can't i'm not sure if he transcends his aura i thought he did yeah i mean because i think some people I, may not yeah because i love i think he's so funny like when he does things typically yeah you don't, Him and Jimmy Fallon are the funniest guys. They are together. Oh my god, they are. I You're almost, just jealous. I almost can't stop laughing. You're just so jealous that they're that. Funny. <laughs> they suck. Those two guys suck, oh and they my. keep putting them on SNL after they had because the one sketch funny. that people liked, and they bombed every time. No. They bombed every time they've gone on after that bombed first. Bombed every time. No, they didn't. They stink. You He's stink. good in this movie. He's good in this movie. Is it an hour? Fight me now. I it's forty minutes. Come on. Palmer's good. You. It's on Apple TV Plus. I like Palmer. Okay. It was good. Heartwarming movie, tearjerker. Uh, you know, again, I think you'll see some of these plot points coming from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, but it was good. I, I was, but... you know, you know, I got, I wanted you to see this because I knew you'd want to see it, and it got good reviews, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. That's what really was. It had good reviews. Not that I wanted. It did have to... good reviews. Yeah, but that's not why you got. You didn't get it because you thought I'd like it. I wanted you to see <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Your turn. Well, what should we do? Maybe we'll. Uh... Maybe we'll jump back over to T. Because the movies, I think there's only two on there more that I've seen. Yeah, there's things that that you uh, didn't see 
that I saw. Mm-hmm. Trying to think movie wise or TV wise. Yeah, let's just do. We'll just do a couple more movies. Um, I loved uh, this documentary on HBO Max, Fake Famous. I didn't watch that. Yeah, we did. We watched it together. The people who. <laughs> oh, what do you? What do you? You know what? <laughs> you know, you just go, just go, turn right. around, take your headphones off, I, take I take your headphones off. Did you write something next to it? <laughs> See, I give you this list so you will know. You'll go, oh yeah, fake famous, the one about the, t-. and then you don't no, even know. I was like, I didn't watch what fake did famous. Not- I wrote no, no, I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> In between your clicking, <laughs> you were enjoying Fake Famous. You know what? I sat with you and you watched it and you enjoyed I did. it. I just didn't remember. Fake Famous <laughs> is about a guy. I forget the guy's name that, that put this together. Hold on. Hold on. I'm describing the movie. But hold on. In my defense, I am working a very stressful position right now, yeah. trying to transition into a new job. You dig as a new well. job. Congratulations. And yeah. trying to teach people my old job. And yeah. then I come home and you want to watch these. I didn't make you sit through my octopus teacher. No, but but if I sit there and I play on my phone for a few minutes, it's to get out of my own brain. I understand. But you enjoyed this movie. No, it was good. Yeah, fake famous. What it was? uh, I forget the guy's name. You you can look it up. Uh, uh, But he uh, wrote. uh, He was. He's like a New York Times columnist or Mm -hmm. something. and, And so he decided, could he make people famous on Instagram? Yeah. So he found people on Instagram with very few followers and said, if we give them money and access to photo shoots and access to can they things, a, can they kind of fake it? Are, and then an he, he ends influencer. up... Influencer. Become an influencer. And he, mm-hmm. he buys them followers. He buys them likes. Like, I he buys know them that comments. Was a thing. Well, I, here's the thing. And that you end up, I my conclusion, and I don't know if it's necessarily the conclusion of the movie, but my conclusion was... The people that are fake famous, and believe me, as you see this movie, they really follow three people. Mm-hmm. Some of them, without ruining who and right. how many, some of them decide this isn't for them. Right. Some other people embrace it completely. Yeah. And what it seemed to be is that the people that became fake famous, quote unquote, mm-hmm. as the movie says, really exactly the same as the people that are real famous on Instagram. Yes. Meaning that basically, and I think the movie draws this conclusion without saying it, Every single person that you know from Instagram that's just famous for that mm-hmm. probably did the same stuff coming up. They all faked it. Right. They all, you just know, to get, get, did the phony photo uh, shoots, the phony yeah. photo shoots, the phony yeah. private planes. Oh, my God. That was the worst fake private plane. Well, I've there's a really seen. bad. Fr- and then the other thing the guy did, which was great, is he well, has them hold up a toilet seat to their head. <laughs> and there's like, you know, you see like a beach behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the toilet seat. Is opening looks like the window of a plane and they're mm-hmm. flying into Paris or We're the Caribbean or something. So that was really funny. And they did really did some cool stuff. I mean, there was they definitely, did. you know, the guy who it's like, we're going to put you at this gym and this guy's working out at the gym and he's going to say, we're going to call this a private gym in Beverly Hills. Meanwhile, it wasn't. Right. And then it's like these private gyms in Beverly Hills all started hitting him up saying, hey, mm-hmm. you want to come train at our gym? Yep. And then there was the weird thing about the girls, the, the, all the girls go on that photo. Like they go to yeah, Vegas, Vegas on a bus. Yeah, that was weird. And they have to stop along the way and they're given all these free clothes. And it's like 
25 like hoochie mamas mm-hmm. or booty bitches, whatever you want to call it. And they're all like changing in this cold desert morning yeah. outside for in an abandoned for gas these station. Free clothes that weren't and, even that nice. And then they get to this like, um, it's like a fashion convention or yeah. designer convention. Mm-hmm. And they're all like taking pictures of themselves with stuff, trying to get free stuff, and, and it's, it's just, working. And it's working. And, and and you know, again, some of these people go along with it and seem perfectly fine, mm-hmm. and they seem happy. Yeah. And they're getting, they're living that lifestyle. They're getting the free stuff. They're putting it on their Instagram, and that's what they're doing. And um, you know, I think it really shows. Again, I don't expect this to like change anyone's mind about. You know, people that follow people on Instagram or whatever. But, you know, if you're famous for doing nothing. I want to be famous for doing nothing. It doesn't really make you. Now, here's no, the, it doesn't make it, you. But it doesn't make you good. Because, you know, no. it's one thing if you're like, they say like The Rock. gets like The Rock put something on his Instagram and they give him like a million dollars to put it on a thing. I don't begrudge The Rock for no, doing that. No, because he, he became right. famous for doing something. And then there's like people that are just famous for doing Instagram. And I kind of look at those people like. What do you even do? Right. Now, here's the thing. I think some people, when they're in that world of, you know, trying to navigate these big brands and the social media and, and you know, the mainstream media and all that stuff, I think they do get savvy. I think they do get good at mm-hmm. hosting and presenting things. Yeah. And maybe you can make a career out of that. Maybe that's a way to become, a very, instead of the old days of, like, you doing this to become that, mm-hmm. you do it the other way around. You know what I mean? Like it used to be like, well, you'd go to broadcasting school and you'd start off a little TV station. You do this. Right. And it's like, well, maybe you just go and you, you do stuff in your house for a while and then someone gives you money yeah. and you're on TV. And maybe that's OK. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. And, and that's why I don't begrudge this guy for doing it. Right. I while certainly some of the people that you see, not really the people in the movie, because I thought those are pretty likable folks they that were, they followed. Yeah. They were like real people. Some of the other people, though, really seemed like dirtbags. Oh, yeah. And it also seemed like uh, some of them were so detached from reality that it really can't be good for their me- mental health. Well, and you no. hear that. You yeah. hear examples of that. That people live for the likes. Yeah. And, and you know, it's very depressing when you don't get the likes. You get addicted to the likes, you get addicted to the attention. I mean, it's really, if you look at the Britney Spears story and everyone's like, it's oh, not. it's so sad the way people followed her around. And then you got all these young girls going, look at me, look at me, mm-hmm. taking pictures, everything, trying to get attention. It's like, yeah. do you want that? No. You don't You don't want you that, don't but want yet that. they're going they're for, for it. it. Right. And, and so it really makes you think. Um, so I think they did a really good job with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was impressed. It's on HBO Max. It's probably on, it might be on real HBO as well. But uh, yeah, Fake Famous is... Quite the the interesting movie. Definitely a movie of our time. Yeah. I think. Definitely explaining. You know, we may look back on this in 20 years and go, God, that was such a silly... You know, we were all on Instagram. What the fuck we were thinking? You know what I mean? It could be that. Like MySpace? Yeah. You know, we all may look back on this and go, what a silly thing people were doing back then. But it is what it is. So, all right. Pick whatever you want. We'll do one more each and we're out of here. How about that? Um... Do you know a movie? You got a movie in there you liked. I do. The one we saw most recently. Yeah. we Did we watch it last night? Two nights ago. Two nights ago. But I really want to talk about Key and Peele, too. <laughs> a show that's been off the air for seven yeah. years. 
You, you Go on, talk about Key and Peele. I like Key and Peele. Yeah, you introduced me to it because we like to have I did. Like little half hour yeah, funny Layla, shows. Layla always wants to watch these half hour shows we can eat during dinner. Or, Just so it's bed. not a long thing and it's not something that's going to give you nightmares mm-hmm. or give you bad dreams or anything. So we've been watching the whole run of Key and Peele, which is on HBO Max. Oh God, and it's funny. So funny. Yeah, you know, I, when, when Key and Peele came around the first time, I was sort of like, and I'm not into sketches, and I wasn't, you know, yeah. I would see their stuff online, and occasionally I'd catch an episode, uh, but it wasn't like appointment television for me, but I do like watching them in this, Yeah, you know, I mean, if I had to wait all week, I think some of those episodes would be like, yeah, okay, it was just But right. because you're watching them back to back. Right, you're kind of binging them, and it's kind of fun to see mm-hmm. all these wacky sketches. Kind of the same way we felt about Inside Amy Schumer. We went yeah. and watched all those mm-hmm. recently, so yeah, I'm enjoying Key and Peele. It's yeah. fun. Those guys are good. I mean, what they're doing now, uh, you know. They're, but, uh, they're a good duo. I know. But but you don't, I'm wondering if they're, you know, how much. I mean, we watched Friends from College with uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. And that was a good show. And he was in that prom movie. He's been in, yeah, he was in the prom. And, you know, Jordan uh, Peele, had, you know, has made, he made Get Out and he made Us, which, you know, we watched. And do uh, you remember Us? It's creepy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember us? I do. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. So remember where they they were cloning people? Oh yeah. And they were in the house that was all glass. He made that. That he directed that movie. Oh. Yeah, he he's directed a lot of horror stuff. I think we watched one of the new Twilight Zones, right, with Camille Nanjiani as yeah. the comedian. Mm-hmm. I think he directed that as well. They gave him so he's kind of been this like horror movie guy. Oh. And I'm wondering if he's. I know he likes that stuff, and certainly. When you see the show, they'll do these movie parodies that are really great. They are. And then you see, you know, the feature, whatever their, their movie where they like lost a cat. Like they made a movie either right at the end of the show or something. I watched that on a day once and I like fell asleep. So their first feature film was I not good. I feel like I know what you're you know, talking yeah, about. Yeah, did you ever see? I don't know what the name of that was, but I, I didn't think that was very good. I had seen that, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Keen Peel has a sketch show. Very funny. Very funny. Good stuff. A lot of uh, really stuff. You know, it's stuff you still see in memes. Mm-hmm. The guy sweating and you see Jordan. And- Balaki. Yeah, Balaki, the 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 uh, substitute teacher. Yeah, good mm-hmm. stuff. It's on uh, HBO Max. Another reason to watch HBO Max. What a good channel. What a good, what a good service. Mm-hmm. More fans. Yeah. We like HBO Max. We do. All right. And then uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. We'll wrap it up with one more movie. Okay. You're and then fit. if there's anything that we missed, we'll we'll come, we'll come. double back on it. Well, why don't um, you talk about one of your Oscar movies? That well, I, I will. I, I'm going to talk about News of the World. I did not see that, right? You didn't see that because okay. I described News of the World to you and you went, no. I, I want to watch Tom Hanks in a Western. Oh, is that how I sound? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why you sound like Louis Anderson. Or but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I go. I got this. I got this Tom Hanks western for us to watch. No. I didn't say it like that. But you didn't want to watch this I movie. I didn't want to watch it. It was a good movie. I don't like westerns. You don't like westerns. Well, here's the thing about westerns. I never saw Castaway either. You never saw. What's <laughs> not a western? I know. It's a Tom but, Hanks movie? Yeah. Here's the thing about this movie, and it, it's what makes this movie good. And what's made Tom Hanks is always the same guy now. Yep. Captain Phillips, Sully. He's always this, like, moral, 
you know, perfect, you know, do-gooder, Mr. Rogers. He's always this do-gooder guy in all of his movies, and he definitely is in this one. Uh, There's a little girl who is uh, sort of an orphan on the... uh, out on the plains of Texas right after the Civil War. And Tom Hanks is this guy. He's, his job is to read the news to people. He goes into town, mm-hmm. and he goes into these little western towns, just like you'd think, a little western town after Civil War. And he, everybody gathers up. They throw a nickel in a bucket, and they all stand around, and Tom Hanks' character reads the news out of the newspaper. See, that sounds so boring. Well, you have to remember, people couldn't read. The news did not travel fast. This was the way to distribute the news, Mm -hmm. was to put it in newspapers. But if you couldn't read it, you needed a guy to come to your town that would have the the New York paper or whatever the paper was, Mm -hmm. and he would read the headlines. And people would start to boo or cheer the news. It's a really cool setup, you know, for what his job was. And in his travels, he meets this girl who is, you know, her family's been murdered. I don't want to give away too much, you know. And he has to take care of her. And... Apparently, if you're a 12 year old girl uh, in the Old West and you're by yourself, it's not a safe place, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. So Tom has to protect her from the bad guys. Yeah, see, I don't want to watch it. And has to figure out where she belongs and where she lives. And, you know, Tom has a wife at home that he wants to get back to, but he's trying to take care of this child. It was a, it was a very well done movie. Uh, Really beautiful uh, photography. A lot of the Old West tropes are in here, you know. There's definitely those things. But um, I think Tom did a nice job. There, everyone's talking about this girl, I forget her name, that played like the 12-year-old little girl, and she's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. It's on this, uh, it's on this uh, piece of paper. Her name is uh, Helena Zengel. Oh. Plays the little girl. Okay. Uh, and Paul Greengrass, who he directed a lot of the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. which were these big shoot 'em up action movies, yeah. and now he made this kind of quiet little Western with Tom Hanks, but it was really good. It was well done, and uh, I recommend it. So if you get a chance, that's on uh, Video On Demand right now. Is it? News of the World, mm-hmm. and it was good. So, okay. you know, I, I, I feel like uh, when it comes to Oscars and stuff, they've Tom Hanks has kind of done this before, so I don't know if they're going to throw him anything this year for News of the World. Uh, but it was a good movie, and I'm definitely recommending it. It was... Uh, you know, I for me the picks this week, Nomadland, great. Barb and Star was very good. Uh, News of the World, you know, all that stuff was good. We talked about mm-hmm. Fake Famous and Framing Britney Spears, very good. So, what can I tell? All right, I think we're going to wrap it up. You want to wrap it up? Whatever you need. You to had make. enough? Well, I said we'd do an hour. We've done fifty-seven minutes. Okay. I think that's enough. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need. Well, we're done. Okay. How's that feel? feels like I can go lay down. You can go lay down in a minute. But uh, I want to thank you for being part of the show. You're welcome. Again, we're still... Do- now, I, I think I mentioned this uh, before you came in. Mm-hmm. Since we talked to you last, you had your second shot. Yes, I did. Your second uh, Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. How'd you do on that? Tell everybody. I know, but... Yeah. Um, I was kind of sick for two days. Yeah. You, you, not only the day after, which is when most people sick... You were sick really the second, like the third day. Yeah. So not the day you got it, but even two days after yeah, you were out I of it a little bit. I missed that Monday. Yeah. I got the shot Saturday. On a Saturday. And, and then Sunday was pretty kind of achy, tired, yeah. kind of like I was with the first one. And then the second day, I kind of started getting the chills. And, and so you would say the second one was worse for you? Yeah. In a sense. Well, yeah. It is what it is. You got it, though, and you're feeling good now. Yeah, all done. And she's all vaccinated, so very proud of Layla. 
mm-hmm. getting that vaccine. And Layla works in healthcare. Yes, I do. And so she was able to get the vaccine, and uh, good for you. Yep. We're proud of you. And your parents got it? My parents got it, and they, they've had their two and shots. And neither so of them got sick? No, they were okay. Now, here's what I've read recently. Uh, about, you know, people and their side effects. It's kind of like the middle. Well, what it is, is what they're saying is that younger people are having more side effects Mm -hmm. than older people because their immune systems are stronger and therefore the immune response is stronger. Hmm. Meaning like their body is reacting more to it. So like your mom said she didn't have, you know. But that explains because I got sick. Dr. Braytech at work. I was kind of sick for mine. And Ashley. So we're the three youngest who got it at work. Yeah, and you all all felt kind of the worst. Mm -hmm. And they say the older people aren't having immune response, which makes me think that the older people probably, uh, its effectiveness in older people probably not as good. Maybe. You know, which is a little scary, but well, it's still better. It's still better than nothing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we know the rates of death and that have all gone down. And yeah, that's all good stuff. So. All right, Layla, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. And we're going to we got to get some, uh, you know, when when we get some healthy bodies or some, you know, we feel safe having people come to the studio. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk about these movies anymore. <laughs> Whatever. No, it's true. I don't want guys having COVID in here. No, I know, but you yeah. act like I mind that I'm. No, doing we this. like having you, and uh, I, there's a, there's definitely Oscar movies left, and we'll see which ones you can tolerate. All right, sounds good. You told me you, you told me Judas and the Black Messiah. We can skip. <laughs> you can skip. Yeah, because I that watched, one might be really good though. I watched it MLK FBI. I know we didn't talk about it today, but that was yeah. Yeah. I was surprised when you said you would watch that. Yeah, and then I kind of regretted. I kind of knew what that was going to be, <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, I'm up for that I'll one." I'm it. like, "Really?" And, and the Tom Hanks Western you don't want, okay? And I regretted it. Hey. What can I tell you? Yeah. Layla, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks to everybody for listening. Again, I'll have a, I'll have you can see Larry King's Will up on JoelRadio.net. I'll put up a link to that. And go to Letterboxd or get the app and look up Joel the Comic. And you can read some of my movie reviews. And I'll be reviewing stuff I haven't. I, I think I reviewed MLK FBI on Letterboxd, <laughs> so they can see that. Uh, and I'll try to keep up with that. And you can read those and follow me on there and all that stuff. So we'll catch you next time on Joel Radio. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.